0: Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. It's a Sunday evening. We're back in the bedroom. Yes. I like the bedroom sessions. I think I said that the last time we were in the bedroom. But there's awesome. so many things that happened since the last time we were in the bedroom. And we've got a real cool guest on the other side of her phone call, and I'm enjoying this idea of a phone call versus Zoom. I think I said that a couple episodes ago as well. Like yeah, I'm getting probably. sick of the Zoom thing, but I, you know, but whatever.
1: I like Zoom because I like to be able to talk to the person face to face. But in certain scenarios, um, the audio quality on the phone call just sounds yep, nicer. So um, yeah, we have so in back,
0: but podcasters note 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 podcasters phone calls. Crisp sound sometimes compared to Zoom.
1: Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. Yeah, yes,
0: yes. But Dryden, yes. Yeah,
1: we've got Dryden back today. So for anybody who's been a long time listener, Dryden was on. We just discovered actually it was like two years ago, almost to the date. He was here and he was just starting his new practice. Actually, as we were recording, his brother was in in his clinic space doing renovations up for walls, him. Like, yeah, exactly. Doing drywalling. He was You're doing like, drywalling drywall. while mm-hmm. you talked to us. And so, you know, we've kept in touch over the last two years, and Dryden's come a long way since um, going out onto his own. So we decided to do a follow-up and see where he's at now, how his practice is going. And he just said to us off mic that he could just go off. So I'm going to take that as an opportunity to kick my feet up, sip my wine, and let him tell me bedtime stories. (laughs) Well,
0: I do want to hear hear bedtime stories, but I do want to know this, Will Smith or Chris Rock? Oh, Will Smith or Chris Rock?
2: (laughs) Who do
0: I choose? Who do you choose, Will Smith or Chris Rock? Wait, I, wa- I want to know what you think about the whole thing.
2: What do I think about the whole thing? Yeah, I want to know what you think about it. Uh, you put me on the spot. I know that really is. Putting uh, me on the spot. The, why? Okay, wait wait, about, wait, wait, wait,
0: wait, wait, wait. Before you answer that, because you both said you're putting me on the spot. Why is that putting? Why is that putting I'm on the saying
1: spot? that because, like everything okay. in in society these days, yep. this is one other thing that has caused so much controversy because people feel very, very fucking passionate about their side of the argument and people (laughs) either feel very strongly Chris Rock, very strongly Will Smith and... It's just like everything else. Nobody wants to listen to anybody else's rationale or reasoning of why they think the way they do. Well, I they do. just I want, want to, to condemn somebody who doesn't think the way they do. Okay, well, then I'm not everybody. Cause I, got,
2: I, I have an I, I answer. Yeah, okay, okay, I want to so, hear it.
0: But, 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 okay. but why were, wait, 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 wait. Why were you saying like you're putting me on the spot? Same uh, reason? Same just same reason?
2: because, uh, yeah, you're recording my answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. It's going to be out there for everybody to hear.
1: Incriminating. <laughs> so, yes, Dryden, yeah. tell us what
2: you think. Uh, I think that there's a lot going on in this world that something like that just isn't that super important to my life
1: i love that that's, answer. That's, that's, answer. that's
2: the biggest answer that i can have i i appreciate both their movies and their comedy and everything that they do besides that i i didn't really get invested in it too much i think that's my biggest thing there's a lot of other things that are going on in this world that you can pay attention to and that was one of the last things but uh yeah, violence is never the answer. That was
1: that was a very diplomatic answer, it was, it and was. you know what? I'm proud of you for not getting too invested in it because, at the end of the day, it is a, it's fucking stupid. It's stupid. There's so many other things to be concerned about, like you said. It's stupid, but um, we did we did get a little invested.
2: If I think back at like the things that I did. Uh, In the past that had to do with violence, I always regret it later. And I think that Will Smith right now is is getting a little taste of that. He's having some regret on some of the things that he's done. Hmm. Interesting. I'm going
1: to murder Mark right now. By the Sorry, I can't help it. I I want everybody to be my (laughs) witness to to be witness to this. I hey, have. I'll stop, I'll stop. Well, no, no. I want. I want to. I want to bring this up for anyone else who has this problem. Dryden, have you heard of this actual real condition? How do you pronounce it? Is it misophonia? Misophonia, where like <laughs> people who can't. People I think it's a two live crew song right there. Yeah, I know, right? People who can't stand. Ah. The Young kids are like what the, the sound is he of talking chewing. About? Two live like, crew. like it makes you want to physically hurt someone. I am wearing headphones, okay, meaning everything Mark says or does in his microphone is like super I'm loud sorry, in my ears. And he's eating fucking peanuts, guys. Peanuts in the <laughs> microphone while I have headphones on. Okay, okay. So if he if he doesn't ever now surface again, you know why. He's I've killed him. Okay, I have I'm murdered sorry, him.
0: <laughs> Violence is never the answer. Violence is never the you answer. Guys are fucking... <laughs> All right. Sorry, I was just curious. I was just curious. i and I'm, I'm gonna ask everyone that who comes on the podcast for the next little bit. Will Smith or Chris Rock. I'm really curious.
1: Yeah, I'm interested to see what everybody says. I well, now that we know that Dryden is diplomatic and this does not affect his life, I want to um, talk about things that do affect your life. So first off, for anyone who didn't hear your episode back in April of 2020, yeah. um, we'll do a little bit of a recap. We talked to Dryden. Mm-hmm. He was just going to be going out onto his own, you know, right right at the beginning of a pandemic, which, by the way, you weren't the only crazy person who decided to do that. That seemed to be a trend that people were opening up yeah. their businesses in in the midst of the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. So for anyone that didn't hear that episode, Dryden, can we give a little bit of a backstory once again on how you got into massage therapy, um, how long you've been practicing, where you were beforehand, and then we'll get into where your business is now, two years later. Yeah,
2: for sure. Uh, so I went to massage therapy school, I think two, 2017, after I got in a car accident. I had a concussion, whiplash, uh, crack ribs cracked ribs, things like that. Uh, and then through SGI, uh, it's like an insurance claim thing that you could do in Saskatchewan uh, for injuries. I went to a massage therapist, got 10 half-an-hour sessions, and then the massage therapist that I was getting treated by was the owner of the clinic. And then just by talking to that uh, the owner while I was getting the treatments, I kind of got inspired to go become a massage therapist myself. So I went to college, uh, that following year, uh, two years later, graduated, and then I actually ended up going and working at the clinic that I got the massages from originally. That's cool. So they reached out to me and I went and worked there. Uh, and then I had, I got pretty busy. I was working evenings, weekends. Anybody who starts a massage, you know that you're working the evenings, the, the weekends. You're taking anything that you can get to try to build up your clientele as fast as you can. So that's what I was doing. Uh, and I remember there was a point where things kind of calmed down and I was able to start working some weekdays, get my weekends back. I was getting a little bit of normal back to my life and then COVID hit. And when COVID hit, all of massage therapy got shut down for a little bit. Uh It was a couple months in, in Regina for sure. And that was the point where I took a hard look at kind of what was happening and all of the dreams that I had for my future. And I took the risk to leave the clinic I was working at and then go and try and start my own business and like doing it like in a house so it's a home-based practice but when i say like my own business and company because i made a brand a lot of people when they're massage therapists you can go work out of your house and you can just use your name so you can be like driving benoit massage and then you don't have to um pay for uh like the business name or you don't have to license the name or anything like that so it's a lot cheaper if you don't do it the way that i did it but the way I did it was in hopes to have the dream that one day I can go into a commercial business and then use the brand to push it from my house to another place and then have people start working for me.
1: I think we said this when you mentioned this on the last episode. I'll go back and listen to it. But mm-hmm. both of us were probably like like fists pumping in the air when you said that because that's something I don't that feel like. I don't feel <laughs> yes, you do. That's something that <laughs> I think both of us and you know some of the people that we've worked with just think is really important, you know, like yes, you know, when you're first starting out and you want to have a home-based practice, you know it's going to be just you, but if your plan 5 years from now, 2 years from now, even 6 months from now is you want to be in a commercial space and have practitioners and have a clinic, well, that's, you know, that's the vision that you you've got to be working with, right? So, I think that was a really smart move to start branding now because otherwise you're starting from scratch.
2: Uh, when you do decide to expand. Yeah, and the reason why I kind of went that route too was when I was working at the clinic I was before, uh, I noticed that like you don't really want to, like you're all sole proprietors, so you're all self-employed, technically business owners, as you work for another company anyways, but they have their brand. So they don't really want you to, kind of promote your brand when you're within another brand so i knew that if i wanted to create my own brand that i would have to go out on my own which was super uh scary at the beginning because all the people that were around me in the clinic setting that i was in they were all telling me that to as uh, and especially as a male massage therapist saying that like if i was to go and work out of the basement in my house no one's ever going to want to come see me there and that's kind of what i was told while i was there so i kind of left and started this with like this fear that that was true And that wasn't going to be as successful
0: as I was. Let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. You said that you were doing what you felt you had to do to build your client base. And the plan was to build your client base and then kind of scale back, right? So build your client base and and work the days and times. You don't like, no one one loves work in the evening, no one loves work in the weekend, but you did that to get to where you are. Talk to me about the the work-life balance. I talk about this a lot, but I want to hear someone who didn't do that work-life balance thing, and then how did that pan out for them now? Because you hear a lot of like, set your boundaries, you're teaching people how Mm -hmm. to, you're teaching your clients how to treat you. If you say yes to everything, Mm -hmm. they're always going to expect. But you found a way that you were probably saying yes to things that. You might not have wanted to do, but you did, mm-hmm. and at some point you got out of it. So I, I want to hear about that, and the, I think I think it's very valuable for other people to hear that too. Yeah,
2: the the work life balance. I was definitely taking the life part out of that my first year into practice, and for me, I just wanted to be able to. And like we said in the last uh, podcast, my first week out of practice, I had somebody come in with a DVT. So when they came in with the DVT, I knew that there was a place for like assessment based massage therapy. So when I got into it, I wanted every opportunity that I could to practice and test and, and, and kind of, um, make myself better at the trade that I was trying to do. Cause, and, and one thing that I talked about last, um, podcast too was the differences between kind of general treatments and assessment based treatments. And my opinion has changed on a lot. Uh, a lot on that too, so we'll talk about that later as well that
1: happens right once you start actually getting your hands yeah. on people you mm-hmm. you really realize like stuff that you were really there's a lot more gray than I think we realize mm-hmm. when we first get out there. Like it isn't yeah. all black and white. There's a lot of gray, mm-hmm. and you don't There's... recognize that until you start getting your hands on people. And it's also, also partly mm-hmm.
0: because the, when you go through the school, the gray isn't really talked about all that much, right? Right.
2: Well, I actually started um, doing teacher's assistant at the college. Now I also nice. supervise the student clinic, and then they've offered me a new position of being like the official promoter of the college as well. So I've had the opportunity and I guess the blessing of being able to go back into the college setting and then uh kind of talk to the principal, talk to the owner, talk to the other teachers and see their true opinion on things and kind of bounce ideas off of them. So I think that it helped mold and shape me into the therapist that I am today with that. Um but yeah, back onto awesome. the work life balance. I definitely had no work life balance then. Uh and the biggest mistake that you can do is try is um do it. I did, I guess, because when you do try to switch back over, uh, you think that those clients will kind of follow you over to the new schedule that you have. But most of the time, they're kind of just using you for what is convenient for them. You know what I mean?
1: I guess it depends. I because I was I was actually thinking something slightly different from Dryden. And again, everybody's experiences is gonna be different. But when it comes to work life balance, I also think people sometimes take it to this extreme where it's like uh, you expect to finish school and have work life balance immediately. Right, right. And I mm-hmm. I've, I I think a little more like Mark does because when I came out of school I did what you did Dryden and I took jobs everywhere in different settings so I can work with different types of people. I really wanted to figure out like what do I like, you know? So I worked at three different places at one time and then I was doing corporate uh work and you know I and I was working evenings. I was working some early mornings. I was working a couple Saturdays. Like I really just wanted to get out there, get to meet people, and build up a practice. And then eventually, you know, I didn't go from working six days a week and, you know, 12-hour days to working three days a week. That would be unreasonable. But I sort Mm -hmm. of started to really kind of gained the trust of people. And I I was very focused on making sure that I let everybody know like what my expectations were in terms of their treatment plan and what I felt like they needed. And eventually when I did start scaling back, I realized that people who really felt that I was the right therapist for them. So the people that I'd want to be treating anyway, because they were the ones that wanted Mm -hmm. to be with me when I said, okay, I'm not going to be working three evenings a week anymore I'm only going to be working one but you know these are my daytime hours a lot of them were like well you know I take like you know a half day every second Friday maybe I can make you know there was people who were then willing to make adjustments to their schedule to fit yeah. mine so I, you know I do mm-hmm. get what you're saying there was obviously people who were like yeah sorry if you can't do six o'clock on Thursdays I'm not coming anymore yep, but I, get it. I was like you know that's okay that, you know I'm not client by I've the way. right and I've built my my I built my practice to the point because I killed myself and I worked four days a week and I worked long hours and I did take away that life piece, but I did that right at the beginning so that I could be here, you know, 11 years later, sipping wine and uh, talking to you. So I feel like, yeah, yeah, I feel like I had some success with that. So I think, you know, when it comes to work-life balance, it's one, you have to decide what that means to you, but also... That doesn't just happen right away. Well, Anytime you're going into any new endeavor, whether it's career related or not, the beginning is always figuring out the kinks, figuring out what works, what doesn't. So something <laughs> has to, yeah, I mean, sacrifices <laughs> have doing. to be made and something has to take it's a fun, backseat for a little while. And then eventually you get into a flow and you establish your work-life flow. You know, it's not, it, yeah. it, it's not, a, and it's also not a 50-50. And that's, I think the other thing that people maybe think as they think like, okay, well, if I work this many hours, I need this many hours of me time. It's again, it's individual, I understand. But it's more about how are you going to make sure you fit everything into your week that's important to you. And you know, if you're Mark, what's important to you is your wife, your kids and your job, the end.
2: Yeah. And and I think like, even when I got into my practice, like when I started when I opened up the pay. Uh, and that's what I ended up naming my company was LaPay. Uh, when I opened up Pei, uh definitely I was doing weekends and the evenings. And I was looking back at my old schedule looking about how much busier I was when I had the evenings and weekends opened up. And, you know, it just got to the point where you want your life back a little bit. Like, you can only do that for so long. You, yeah. can, only, you can only give up your life for so long. And then eventually, you're like, okay, I need a little bit of my life back just so that you can keep, like, a, a healthy mental state even, right? Because the if if you have a family and you're not spending time with your family, that kind of has a toll on people.
1: Yeah, definitely.
2: So now even even yesterday I was I was talking like, to or today I was saying like, oh, should I open up like one other weekend or not? Because I had a, a, a daughter, so my wife had a daughter, she's seven months old, so she's on maternity leave right now, and I'm working from home. So technically, we could I could work weekends. You know what I mean? Because it doesn't really. Make a difference. So I was asking about that, but then we had a discussion. We decided just with the kids being in school and stuff like that, that we wouldn't.
0: My type of balance is really different. My type of balance is I don't need a steady up and down, up and down, up and down wave that doesn't hit too many highs and too many lows. You kind of write the middle of this wave. I don't do that. I do like a hard, long. Kill myself, I do a hard, long kill myself, and then once once it 's done, then I do a long, hard, just chill out yeah, and, I, and then I sit back in it
1: mark's been telling me for years, and i I finally got to see it this past summer. Um, we bought an r v last spring. And we put it in like an RV resort that has like tons of stuff for our kids. Like there's a pool and there's a lake and, you know, they've got this big like jumpy castle in the middle of the lake. There's tons of playgrounds, open space. Like it's just, it's awesome. So we were like camping so much the past summer. And for years, Mark's been saying to me, I, once I get out of work mode, like I I don't want to get back in. And last summer we kicked our feet up so much that getting back into like a regular schedule in the fall I've never seen I've never seen Mark struggle like I did this this past fall.
2: <laughs> Mine might just be a little bit of a, a trauma response too, just from like the whole um, starting the business and then first year of the business working so hard and then kind of slowing down. I'm almost like I know that once I get back into the grind that I'm going to be grinding again. Kind of like how Mark said, like you're going to be grinding again. Yeah. But now I'm just enjoying the calm. And especially with like, this will be the first summer that I get in like, all since I went to school back in 2017, where I'll actually be able to enjoy it a little bit. So I'm kind of looking forward to the summer. I wish we could have went to Mexico, but didn't make that happen this year, sadly. But there's a baby. There's a little baby. We got her a passport already. <gasps> so, yeah, oh, seven I Seven months old. We got her a passport. I love baby
1: passport photos. Yeah, yeah we got
2: her a passport. I got married since the last time i seen you. We had another baby. Uh, yes, yeah, so we got two more passports. We had to get the new passport for Brandy just because her name changed. And then we tried to go to Mexico and things are really... Uh, cheap, but the price went back up like crazy. So now we're just going to tough it out until November, and I think go for a honeymoon or something like that.
1: I'm glad to know I'm not crazy, by the way. So for everyone listening, um, I won't go into the whole backstory, but basically, Dryden and I have been messaging back and forth for what feels like seven months. It's only been it's only been a few weeks, but like it was. Just the biggest comedy of errors, like everything because of, you know, I'd have to reschedule a recording because my, you know, my babysitter couldn't come because the kid was sick. I had to reschedule one because one of our instructors like has COVID and now, you know, we have to go teach the course, like just all of this back and forth and back and forth. And so I called him today because I couldn't even Mm -hmm. bear the thought of sending him another message saying we're going to have to move our recording back (laughs) again. (laughs) So um, I called him this afternoon. And he said, oh, I'm just walking around the mall with my wife. And I literally, Dryden, in. in my mind, I was like, was he married the last time I talked to him? Like, <laughs> I, I actually was like, I, I didn't know you had a wife. So yeah, congratulations. We
2: had, we had we had, the, the hotel uh, paid for uh, the everything, all the guests and everything. All the groomsmen had their suits. Bridesmaids had their dresses. COVID hit. The hotel we were going to get married in shut down. Uh, so we ended up just having a church wedding with our, our parents and then best man and bridesmaid so there's what, 10 people there we wow. kept it super social distance because it's in the middle of covid and then yeah we ended up having our daughters soon after that so everything happens for a reason i think uh, that's for sure and I, no regrets you've had a busy
1: you've had a busy two years sir <laughs> so let's talk yeah. about since the last time we talked to you and you were in the middle of renovations now you've mm-hmm. got your business in your house going full force and i
0: want to know because before you kind of said that You know, you you made a change in the way you think about doing things, like assessment based work, and and Mm -hmm. you kind of hinted at like, "Ooh, I think I think a little differently." Talk to me.
2: Yeah, I'll talk to you on that really quickly. Uh, So I started doing. uh, So since I started my practice, I've been basically doing strictly assessment based massage therapy, so like evidence based massage therapy, right? Um, and I've had great success with that uh, in Regina. Ontario is different. You guys are regulated, I believe. There's a lot. There's a lot more assessment-based evidence, evidence-based in Ontario, and as well general treatments and spas and things like that, like helping people all across the board in Ontario. Whereas Regina in Saskatchewan, I think we fall short on the assessment-based side of it. There's a lot of uh, general treatments and stuff like that happening, and I say that strictly just because I've, I've looked, haven't been able to find it for myself. Uh, and then as well as the clients that are coming in, literally looking at me like a deer in a headlight, being like, what is an assessment? Uh, I thought you just massaged with the pain hurts and stuff like that. So that was mine. and I was really closed minded on it. Right. And and what I say about I've changed my opinion on that lot since is I started supervising the student clinic at the college, uh, the Western College of Remedial Massage Therapy. Uh And then I started sitting back in the classes and just trying to relearn everything that I learned in the school and just like make my the reason why I went there was to make my assessments better. But when I went there and I noticed that you can't just push what your beliefs are onto everybody else and you can't just say that's the only way to do things. So when I started noticing that some of the students were really picking up and enjoying the stuff that I was um like super, when I was a supervisor, like I'd be talking about the way I do my practice and, and kind of saying like, yeah, this is a really good way to do massage. It's a new, it's a way that's not really done in vagina a lot. So it's a way that you could do it. But I noticed that there was a percentage of the students that just wasn't interested in it. And when they, when they went to college, they went with the idea of, I want to help you stress people. I want to help people with, uh, anxiety, things like that and overall muscle tightness and things like that uh so what i did because i actually talked to one of the students one of the students said like hey listen like uh there's two ways to look at things driving it's not just your way so i i actually threw myself under the bus and i created a meeting with the owner of the college and the president of the the college and i went in for a meeting and said you know this is my opinion on massage and this is kind of like what i see that's happening in the industry and stuff like that and and i said like what's the deal with uh and i'm by no means am I ever trying to offend anybody by what I'm saying. And I'll I'll get to the point. I don't want to like anything I say before that. I'm not trying to offend people. whatsoever. But yeah, I said like, um, so what's the deal with like no one doing assessments in Regina is what I said to them. And the college looked at me and they said, Dryden, you understand that the people that you're talking about are the ones who taught you the stuff that you're doing. And it dawned on me. It's like, yeah, they did. They gave me all the tools in my belt that I use in the practice that I use right now. And I chose to use those tools to do the things that I do. And then they said, but there's also different ways to look at things. If somebody comes in and they have muscle tightness because they have such a stressful life, you know, they're working seven days a week, Mark, uh, and they're not giving <laughs> themselves a break, <laughs> and they're not giving themselves a break, and, you know, the daily life stresses are piling up on their shoulders or something happened really bad. They lost a loved one, loved one, something like that. And especially with COVID, with all the stress with COVID, if that's what's happening in their life, you can do all the assessments in the world that you want. But if you can't get rid of their overall stress tightness to kind of lower the sympathetic nervous system or the parasympathetic nervous system to de-stress them to take away muscle tightness from that, you can do all the assessments in the world and that's never going to go away. You can treat off of evidence-based all you want and that's never going to go away. So there's there's... And and the people that use the massage, say, general treatments or relaxation or anything like that, they will go to bat for those massage therapists. Like, that's the type of treatment that they need, and it changes their life in a better way when they get that type of treatment. So who am I to say that they can't get that? Who am I to say that a massage therapist can't give that to a client when that's what they need? Do you know what I mean? So I went back to the students, and I said, yeah, you know, I I appreciate that you confronted me on that because it opened my eye up to not be so, Selfish with the way that I do things.
1: Very humbling experience, right? Because yeah. part of what I mean, not part of what, a huge part of what we do, we're working with people. We're not just working uh-huh. with bodies, right? And exactly, you know, you have to take into account the person you're working with and every uh-huh. aspect of their life. You know, we for a while it was a buzzword, uh, a, I guess a buzz phrase. It's not one word, but you know, biopsychosocial, 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 right? And it was we have to understand that we are dealing with a human being with a nervous system and we are dealing with somebody's mental health spiritual health physical health emotional like all of this stuff everything is encompassed together so when somebody comes in you have to have the the ability to figure out who is this person in front of you and what do they need today? And a big part of that is actually listening to them. Like subjective information is so important, not even just what they're saying, but you know, being able to read their cues, you know, do they seem like they're really high stress that day? Like, what do they actually need from you that day? And sometimes what they need isn't a very thorough in-depth assessment. But again, this is another reason why there's room for so many different types of therapists, right? Because a client might come see you and say, yeah, okay, this guy's all right, but not what I need. And that's what I, you know, when we were talking about the whole work life balance thing, when I said I was okay with the people who wanted only Thursday at six o'clock not coming to see me again, because I'm like, you were never meant for me, right? Like, I don't want to be here Thursday at six o'clock. So you're not going to get the best treatment for me anyway, right? Go see somebody who wants to work
2: Thursday at six o'clock. What makes the therapist happy? So for myself, uh, the reason why I got into this, uh, like, evidence based assessment based massage therapy is I, I, I tend to get really bored doing the general treatments. So for me specifically, it it kept my um, enthusiasm to the the massage therapy industry. It kept me going. It kept me interested to keep learning about new things and everything like that. And I've talked to a few clients where they feel like, yeah, if I hurt myself, I come see you. And if any of my friends hurt themselves or loved ones or family hurt themselves, I suggest you. Uh, But when I want to go relax, I go see them. And then for me, it was like, oh, am I losing out on clientele now? Right. And at that point, I remember I added in the the I, I call it general treatments because I don't want to call it relaxation massage. You
1: know what? I was going to I was going to comment on that, actually, when you're saying general yeah. treatments, because, you know, you're saying your your mindset shifted and mm-hmm. you started realizing, OK, there is there is space for this. You don't necessarily enjoy doing it. Um, I had a mindset shift as well, but it was slightly different where I stopped looking at relaxation treatment or general treatment or however you want to term it as not therapeutic. Like when I first started out, I didn't even recognize the importance of that kind of treatment. And once my mindset shifted that way. It, it wasn't boring to me because I realized how much I could actually do in that treatment and how much I could actually affect that person on my oh, table.
2: Yeah, I see what you're saying.
1: You know what I mean? Like I didn't, I didn't yeah. need to be thinking in terms of biomechanics and orthopedic assessments. I just needed to be thinking about like, what is going on with this person? Like, it's, it's still a puzzle, you know? It's still something mm-hmm. that I need to treat. It's not just rubbing a body. I am still in well, full me treatment Well, learning mode. more
0: stuff right now, eh? Someone who's into doing these general treatments, what type of continue education are we looking at here.
1: There's a lot of um it you know what actually that's a, that's a really good question and I I don't even know if I can answer that in the best way possible and I'll be interested to hear what other people have to say about this when this episode is released. But I think that one of the things I I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to brag a little bit, I'm not going to lie. I'm, this is going to sound like the least humble I've ever sounded on the podcast, but I think one of the reasons that people think that I'm a good massage therapist or I am a good massage therapist, I should say, I should be more confident. I am a good massage therapist. And I think the reason that, that people enjoy what I do isn't necessarily because my technical skills are top notch, isn't necessarily because I'm the smartest therapist, but it is about my ability to, to understand humans. And because of the empathy that I have for people and just being able to read like what's going on with somebody and that I don't know if that can be taught. Maybe. Like, I, I honestly don't know how to answer that question. So, like, for example,
0: the therapist that you described is not going to take a biomechanics course. But the see, they might. But see, des-
1: I, like, I'm still interested in that. I'm saying, but I, the part of this, this thing that Dryden's saying where if somebody comes in and... Yes, they might have some sort of condition, but like being able to read that, you know, today what they need is actually it, something a little more chill, right? I, get it, I, get it. I I'm still interested in biomechanics, but oh, I can also oops, be cares. the therapist that loves. I actually went from not really liking doing relaxation treatments to loving it. Like a few months ago, Dryden, I did um, for the first probably thirty minutes, maybe even forty minutes of an hour long treatment. I did a body scan. It's basically like you have somebody just like, I had this, this um, woman just lying supine. She basically came in and the anxiety was palpable. Like she was literally like making my entire space like vibrate. I'm like, what is wrong? Why are you so stressed today? And I managed to get it out. but She was like, yeah, like she just basically like spewed all of her like personal shit on me, like everything that had been going on in her life. And I was like, okay. Are you cool if we try something different? I just had her lie supine on my table. I put on the like softest, most relaxing music. And she wasn't a client that I would normally do that for. Normally, Mark used to laugh because he'd be in the other room. And he could hear us because her and I are about the same age. And we would talk and like just have a good time while I was treating her. (laughs) So she came in. I put on super relaxing music. And I didn't talk at all. I told her to close her eyes, not talk at all. I even actually think that day I put something over her eyes. I had the lights really dim, like just made it very, very relaxing. And I basically started at her head and I had her doing some like breathing exercises while I was basically just going from her head all the way down to her toes, just gently like putting my hands on certain parts of her body and having her focus on them and relax them from her head to her toes and then the other side of her body back up again.
0: Does a new therapist have that capability? Is is that something that only comes with the experience of doing stuff and therefore the confidence to make that type of decision in the treatment room? That takes a lot of confidence to say, you know what? You think you're here for me to do this thing to you today. I feel you probably can benefit better from this. Let's try it. That takes a lot of confidence to do.
1: The confidence piece maybe comes with experience. And I'll let, you know, Dryden weigh in here since the last time we talked to him, he was a little bit greener and now he's got some experience under his belt. But the. The ability to read someone like that. That's what I'm saying. And I'm not sure, like, is this an innate thing? Like, could you be somebody that just, you know, gets this right off the bat? Yeah, probably. Let me ask you something.
2: I, so I'll tell, I'll kind of tell you how I set up my booking system. And then, yeah. So, like, when I, so when somebody books in with me, I have a, they have to book in for what's called an initial massage. So, with the initial massage, because I created my own, like, I would say it's a niche that I'm in. So the niche is assessment based massage therapy. I do offer the general treatment. I never get booked for the general treatment. Like the option was there for a full year. I think I got one booked in. It was, it did say relaxation massage when it was on there. Uh, and I got it booked in. And that was a client who I've seen like four times before doing assessments, fixing dysfunctional pain. And then they had an exam at the end of the month. And I said, book in for the relaxation. And like you said, no talking. Spa music, lights off, like massaging in the dark, right? Let's relax your, like your, your nervous system so that you can go in and do the exam without stress, right? But with the initial massages, it's an hour and 15 minutes. And the 15 minutes at the beginning is strictly assessments and real client therapist communication. So to find out what the the client needs specifically. So talking to them about everything that's going on and using that. It doesn't take the full 15 minutes all the time. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer, but to have that idea when they book in that, Hey, The full hour and 15 minutes isn't you come in and you're on the table. There's going to be some time where we're going to discuss things. We're going to talk to each other. We're going to do some assessments. Maybe we decide through that 15 minutes that you don't need a... Uh, an assessment-based or evidence-based massage right now, maybe you do need that relaxation massage to start off. Maybe they're an acute injury and you can't even uh, treat the area or close to it because they're in such bad pain. So then you do do something that just relaxes it. But to have that 15 minutes before, what do you think about that? Have you ever heard about that? Well,
1: I think that that goes with branding, right? Because my yeah. my patients expect that, because that's mm-hmm. the way that I've been practicing for yeah. most of my practice. Where when you come in, the first fifteen to twenty minutes is assessment. That's me gathering subject subjective information, me doing whatever kind of like range of motion or orthopedic testing I need to do. And as you, said, I'm trying to get as much information as I can. And I even tell, um, I usually would tell first time patients when they're on the table. A lot of today is going to be me poking around. You know, like I'm trying to figure yeah. out what's happening with what's you. Going on? And so they know almost before they get on the table that there's going to be a follow up to this. And, oh, that, yeah. but that again, that was. That was all intentional and part of my branding because I like to, I like to get to know somebody's body really well to give them what they need. Do
0: they know this when they make their appointment?
1: Do they know it when they make their appointment? Like,
0: have you had someone show up and go, "What? What the? What? Oh, okay, I guess this is what we're gonna do." In
1: eleven years, I've had one person be combative with me about that.
2: One. Oh, I've had so many. I've had One. so many. And I think you're lucky because you're in Ontario. So maybe the idea is a little bit different there. But here it is unheard of, right? So when it had just the initial, just the hour, I, I got combated with that a lot. Where they said, ah, I, I'm going to miss my hour. I'm not going to get this. So when I made it, it says right on the thing, you have to book the initial. And it says in the description, the initial. Well, while well, you're on there, check out my website because you have a computer in front of you. <laughs> <Lookfame-massage.com>. <laughs>
1: He, he just called us out. Check check it out. You, we know you have. I know you have a computer in front of you. You're recording.
2: <laughs> so the initial the initial uh, massage, like it says in there, the first 15 minutes will be strictly assessments. So they know when they come good. in you're that, creating, that that's what it's going to be for. Yeah, you're creating. And, the yeah, expectation. and when I did that, it was after a while that like because every person I run off strictly referrals. I've done no. I have $0 on advertising $0 on any kind of marketing other than like flyers and business cards and stuff like that or like community building and stuff like that but as far as like Facebook ads or Google ads or anything $0 everything that I've done in the whole practice that I've built have been strictly off of referrals so you see their entire family that's I fixed this dysfunctional pain that's been there for 15 years. I've never been able to motocross in so long. And after three treatments in a month, now I'm able to go motorcross. Stuff like that will change people's lives to the point where they have a better quality of life because of the assessment base. So they, when when they their family members or friends hear that they're getting those kind of results, they instantly they're like, yes, that's the person I wanted. And when they come inside, they're expecting it. Okay, this yeah. is minutes. Let's do the assessment. They're wearing loose clothing to do the assessments like that. And then the other option is the follow up. And then the follow up has what's the half an hour, 45.
1: I knew that because now hours. we are looking at your website. Yeah, yeah. You made do you like do it.
2: it? I built it myself. It's <laughs> not bad. It's- Good job uh, I built it a couple different times I, So since the last time I talked to you guys I got funded through the Métis Association So Gabriel Dumont, uh, they I, I went through Gabriel Demont to go to college I know we talked about that last time They funded me to go to college They paid my tuition And they gave me $1,200 every month to help me While I was going to college with a part-time job I uh, still racked up a huge debt regardless I don't know how uh, but yeah, with all that help. And then after I graduated, and when I wanted to start this business, I applied for another thing called the pathway to entrepreneurship. So they helped me again for the next first six months of my business, they, they gave me uh, some funding to help me kind of establish myself while I was there. And then they also gave me $10,000 for the next three years. So every year, I get a new $10,000 for professional training. And then I got a $10,000 for a lifetime for professional services. So in the first First year, I took a strategical marketing course, digital marketing course, and a financial literacy course. Uh, and then with those courses, I was able to kind of pick my niche and kind of build my practice based on the stuff that I learned from them. And then that's how I learned how to like build the website and everything like that. So we built the booking system. I use Notero. What do you guys use for your book Notero? System? Yeah, let's go. It used to be called Soap, but they changed it to Notero, which is uh, Icelandic for notes. Love the booking system. That's what we use at the college as well. Uh, so I used Notero for my booking system and then I used Wix to build the website. And then I got the square debit terminal for like the debit crash, cash credit or whatever. And then you had to apply for all of the direct billing through insurance companies. So I offered direct billing through the company as well. Awesome. Yeah. So we did all of that stuff. Um, and then constantly changing the biggest advice that I can give to any massage therapist. And I think you can attest to this too, is like, don't be stuck in your ways. See what's happening around you and adjust the things that you're doing kind of benefit the things that are happening around you as well. Yeah.
1: And see, that comes with experience. That's the piece. Like when Mark was saying, can a new therapist do these things? Once you start gaining some experience, you realize like this is not the type of profession where you can be really. I mean, I guess you can be, you can do whatever the fuck you want, but I wouldn't suggest you be super stuck in anything. This is not the type of profession Mm -hmm. to be complacent because you are working with people and everybody thinks differently. You know, we started out this episode saying, you know, Chris Rocker, Will Smith, everybody's going to have a very (laughs) different opinion on this. And the best thing you can be when you're working with people and you're working in this type of career is open-minded and having the ability to at least listen to somebody else's perspective and try to understand why they think the way they do. Because you don't be know they
2: blob of clay. Yeah, you have no Let everything idea. everything around you mold the type of therapist that you are. Yep,
1: you have no idea what anybody's experiences have been, right? You have no idea what people have dealt with their entire life. Like, understanding that every single person has a reason for being the way they are, you might not fucking agree with anything that they say, or you might actually, like, I, I mean, I do it still to this day. It's, it's human nature, and I'm, I know I'm not the only person guilty of it. I meet someone, I can walk out of the room and be like, wow, well, the person's fucking crazy. But once I like stop for a second and think about it, I'm like, well, there might be a little reason for they're crazy. You know, I was a huge like, I, I was obsessed with the Free Britney mu- movement. I know I've talked about this before on the podcast. I was obsessed. Like, I love Britney Spears and I was, I, I couldn't, I couldn't peel myself away from the whole thing. Like, I was obsessed with like, this woman needs her life back. I just thought it was so horrible. Anyway, I had one friend who used to make fun of me constantly for this. And she would say like, why are you like so into Britney Spears? And she would send me like some of the, you know, the Instagram posts that Britney would do. And she would keep saying to me, this woman's crazy. And I would respond back every single time with, wouldn't you be? Like dealing with what she dealt with. Wouldn't you be crazy? Like give her some fucking grace. She's a human and she's literally like a prisoner in her home. Anyway, I won't get on to Brittany no. because I, I go always, forever with her. I always,
0: <laughs> I always, want to know why. I don't, I'm, I'm yes, probably, I'm probably not going to, you know, if I, if I thought it was dopey what you said the first time, I'm probably not going to think it's less dopey or I'm not going to agree with it. But I want to know where it's coming from all the time. Like we, w- w- one of the projects we're doing, we've got a bunch of partners And one of our partners had this idea, and he blurts out this idea. And initially, I think the rest of us were just kind of like, hmm... And I'm like, well, why are you, why? Like, I don't I don't know, like, why are you so hard on this idea? I don't
1: like this idea, no, 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 but no, tell I, me why. I'm not,
0: saying, <laughs> I'm not saying I don't like it or I like it, but you are very excited about it, apparently, the way you blurted it out. And I want to know why you're so excited about it. And then you over here who made that face, you obviously don't like it. And it's you're allowed to not like it, but I want to know why you don't like it. So why do you love it so much? And why do you dislike it so much?
1: Yeah, Mark's famous I line why. lately is, no matter tell what why. anybody says, is he would say, no judgment, but why do you think that? Well, because, <laughs> because big things happened just based on that alone. Because,
0: yeah. okay, because one person says, this is what I want to do. The other person's like, nah. Well, tell me why do you want to do it? And then he said so. And then I was like, well, that makes fucking sense. But if we just work it a little different, it would make even more sense. And then if we present it to this other person a different way, then maybe you'll get your yes. And that's exactly what happened.
2: I'll say, I had a, I'll give a shout out too. I had a, because I know I talked about um, the therapist that I worked at at the other clinic in the last podcast and to this day I still trade massages with one of the therapists at that clinic and I went and traded massages with her and she is oh my god so good at hot stone massage relaxation massage like I love going to see her she's just so good at it like out of body experience when I go see this girl right and I went and traded massages with her and she goes yeah so I heard your uh podcast with two massage therapists and I'm like I was like oh she's like I was like, how, "How? What do you think about that?" She's like, "Well, I agree with everything you said." <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, shout out to Nicole when you listen to this. Shout out to you. Uh, That's awesome. <laughs> so well,
1: Nicole, I am I am driving to Saskatchewan in May, so I might need a massage. I heard you're really good at hot stone. And coming in. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so good, so good. I, I just uh, talked to her a couple days ago. We're going to trade a massage uh, when I get back from Calgary. Too. Your boy needs a massage. Haven't had one in quite a long time. I used to. So the way I got the job at the college was I was like, you know what? They offer $30 massages there. I'm going to go and tell them what to massage because I, I, I I'm going to say, this is what I think what's happening. What do you think? Do your assessments. Can you treat it? So I went there and got two massages back to back from them. And then I was talking so highly about the college to those students that they went and told the manager of the supervising clinic. And then I got a call a week later. And she's like, "Do you want to come work here?" I was like, "Yes, I do." And she's like, "But you can't get massages from the students anymore." And I was like, "I'm going to have to think about it." <laughs> 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 but now, so yeah, now I, now I work there, and I can't get massages from them anymore. So,
1: oh, that's a rule that sucks. When I worked at a when I worked at a massage college, they let me still get massages from the students. I know a lot of the staff you know didn't what, want though, to. That,
0: I think that's a little different than if you're the clinic supervisor.
1: I was the clinic supervisor. <laughs> they made me,
2: and I think it was because like I also had to apply for like the teacher's assistance position, so I had to apply to like the academic academic board. So I was technically like their teacher ish. Like so, for that reason, and I don't know, I don't know what it is, but yeah, I'm not allowed to get massages anymore.
1: There's got to be other massage colleges in Regina, right? <laughs> no,
2: there, there, there's one more that just opened up uh, last year, but it was the only massage college in Regina
1: before. Oh wow! Yeah. So what's going on with your your business now, Dryden? Like, you know, we've we've heard some things. We've heard that you know you've scaled back. You've got a bit of a better work life balance. You know, your mindset has changed a little bit. How would you describe your practice as it is today?
2: i uh, running really well. Uh, the growth is amazing. Uh, something that I did kind of halfway through the first, uh, right after the first year, uh, I got so busy that I was fully booked and I had to make a decision. Do I uh, open up days and work more and kind of take away from my life balance to make more income or do I raise the price of massage? Now in Regina, the general price, like that most people charge is $80. I think some people charge $90. Uh, and then they don't charge GST on top of it. So, and I think that a lot of massage therapists do that. Do you? charge GST on your treatment?
1: We're in Ontario so it's HST and yes I do. <laughs> HST, yeah,
2: on top of it. But the clinic that I was working at when I first started was you know, $80 across the board and then the therapist was left to kind of pay the GST and all of your taxes and everything on top of that, right?
1: Yeah, I'm definitely not doing that. Sorry clients, definitely
2: not. Yeah, so what I did was when I made the initial massage, it was the hour and 15 minutes, $125 plus GST. So it comes up to $131.25. So that was a pretty big hike and then I did for the hour it's a hundred dollars plus GC, so 105 dollars so the hike went up obviously i lost some clients because some clients it was out of their budget and you know still to this day i miss those clients um because they're nice people you you make relationships with people but if it doesn't fit their budget it doesn't fit their budget um so yeah like i noticed that i had for a couple months less clients i wasn't fully booked anymore all the time there were spots for people to be able to get in uh but after a couple months, again, it went right back up. And now I'm getting booked up again. Um, but it was nice. I have, I've still made more money than when I was fully booked and I'm working less. Exactly. So, yeah. And
1: that's, you know, that's something, again, I'm not, everybody has to decide what makes sense for them. But... You know, you knew that the average price in your area was significantly lower than what you were about to charge. But we preach this all the time. Base your prices on your... Your needs, you know, you know your numbers, know you, your worth exactly, know your worth. Well, it's, it's not even it's not even just knowing your worth. I mean, yes, know your worth, but it's not even just that. You know how much money you need to make in a month. You know how much you're physically able to work in a month. You know, beca- you know, in your case, you've got small children. Okay, you have a, an obligation to be at home and be a dad. You can't be working twenty four hours a day. So you got to, f- you know, figure out what you need to this make and work backwards. live. This is the price I have to charge.
2: Right clients care about you like they say a lot of clients say, we care about you and your success okay this is the price that i'm charging it's not even
0: care it's do they value do
1: they value and
2: and one thing i i realized that like and and this is just for me and if there's anybody in regina that does something similar to me reach out and let me know i'd love to come and trade massages with you see what you're about as well don't um, cheat on nicole like Nicole, let's go. You don't give me enough massages. I said, let's do it monthly. She goes, Oh, I trade with a couple other people. I says, Well, oh, she's cheating on you. It's fine. So she's cheating on me. (laughs) Yeah. No, she's cheating on them with me. So, um, but yeah, it's good. It's just because I work by myself right now. So there's no, there's no other, if you work in a building with other people, it's easier to kind of trade with the people in the building that you're with. But for me, I noticed that right away, uh, after my first year, it, I am in a niche and there aren't a lot of people that are doing what I'm doing and if I want to stand out, I have to stand out
1: well and that's that's exactly that's exactly right is again you you shouldn't base your prices based on what everybody else is doing because you are not practicing the way everybody else is practicing you are not the same therapist as everybody else is
2: well for me like I uh, I uh, I go to the college, so the teacher's assistant position that I have, like I get paid for the supervising position, but the teacher's assistant position, that's volunteered. That's something I said, they're like, do you want to come supervise the clinic? I said, I'll come supervise the clinic if you give me the opportunity to get back into the class. I want to further my education. And The benefit, benefit for me is I get to use that towards my continued education points. Right. So I don't have to take all those extra courses. And when they do like the soft tissue release courses or like the sports massage therapy or the kinesiology courses, I get to sit on those for free. And then I get to put them in for continued education as well. So it does benefit me that way. I guess I don't get, I make the money by not having to spend money. But for me, it's like I'm putting in hours every single week to further my education, to make sure that I can be the therapist that you need. So I'm working less in my clinic in order to do that. So I had to raise my price in order to maintain the lifestyle that I want to live. And I'm not living this luxurious lifestyle, like (laughs) by no means, but I'm living happy. What did my wife, I was talking to her today and she said, you're not filthy rich in money driving and i said oh okay she goes you're filthy rich in time you're, you're rich in time i've decided and this is something that my my the principal of the college told me says massage therapists are going to have to decide what kind of lifestyle you want and then you're going to have to base the hours that you work on the lifestyle that you want do you want to make a hundred thousand dollars you're going to be working all the time do you want to make 60 to 70 thousand dollars you probably won't be working as much do you know what i mean well
1: I think that like we said before you design your practice based on what matters to you. So is it time that matters to you? Is it money that matters to you? There's no wrong answers. What matters to you? Do what makes sense for you. And I think that you've you've kind of hit the nail on the head with you are you've chosen a niche and that works for you. That means you're going to be turning away clients and that's okay. They're not the people that are meant for you because you know, you can be fully booked. You were fully booked, but let's leave space for the people that are meant for you, right? You know that your priority is having a little bit of flexibility and free time versus making six figures and that's okay. And the person who wants to make six figures, well, they figure out, do I need to up my prices? Do I need to work more? Whatever it is. And that's the beauty of what we do is you can decide this is what I want and then work backwards and design your your clinic and your work schedule all based on what you want out of it. And on that
2: note, like, one thing that I did, and I guess uh, I don't know if other people do this as well, there was a point where I realized that if I... Work every single day, I don't have enough time for my family, but on top of that, I don't have enough time to build towards the future that I want so for me, my goal was obviously when I was talking to you last time, my main goal was work for myself be self employed be a successful small business owner since then my my aspirations have changed drastically since I've been become successful at the thing that I've already wanted, so the dreams that I was chasing. They're all kind of accomplished. I made a five year plan five years ago and here I am sitting in the five year plan accomplished. So I sat down and I'm, I'm right, right now I got approved to create a new business plan. So I got with that professional service money that I got. We're going to make a new business plan and the new business plan is to, and I was talking to my wife about this today, just letting out all the eggs for you guys. Uh, we're thinking about selling our house, moving into a bigger house. Cause when I, when I had this place, it was just a cement basement. So the renovations that we're talking about, I literally had to build it from like nothing and build the whole room, right? It cost me like almost $20,000 to do that. Uh, so I put myself in $20,000 in debt and I, and I didn't even know if people were going to come. So I was super stressed out and I'm really happy that it kind of worked out for me. Um, but one thing that I did was I started making days where I'm not getting paid but I am working so on Mondays you know how I always said like oh Mondays I'm always open Mondays I'm always open
1: yeah these fuck these fucking Mondays Dryden
2: (laughs) I started working them again because because I'm taking some time just to relax and not do all this kind of business searching and stuff as much as I have been but on Mondays those are the days where I'm going to businesses I'm bringing them ice packs with gift certificates and 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 business pamphlets and talking to businesses and trying to get community outreach happening i'm I'm going on i'm uh, looking through grants loans anything that I can in order to help my situation that's what those Mondays were used for. I wasn't getting paid for them, but oh my God, did I get paid for them? So what I did was um I applied for this. So you know I'm Métis, so I have the benefit of being able to. In Regina, it's, it's treaty for land, so it's Métis land. So Métis people in Saskatchewan and Regina have the benefit of having a lot of um, help from the government uh just because of the past and the situations that happened to our ancestors and stuff like that. But I won't get into that today. Um, so I have the opportunity of looking for these grants and everything. So there was this thing called the COVID Relief Fund. And with the COVID relief fund, it took me almost four Mondays, every single day, eight hours a day, filling all these applications, going back and forth with the METI Association. And what we were able to do is I, I had, because when I set up my business, I set it up professionally with proper record keeping, so I used like uh, QuickBooks and Wave uh, to keep all of my accounting. Uh, obviously, with like the booking system and the debit terminal, all my finances were kept, all my receipts were kept when I built the business, and I kept track of everything and organized everything properly. So when it came time to apply for this COVID relief fund, I had everything that I needed, and I applied for the twenty thousand dollars that I spent to start my business. And going back and forth with them, uh, they ended up giving me thirty. pay off some of my debt. That's pretty good, man. So I had that. And then when I was doing uh, with all of the uh, sales that I was doing, I took off 36% taxes on everything that I made. The 6% for the GST and 30% just to be safe, just in case I had to pay more taxes, just because I was fresh. I'm green. Like you said, I didn't know how many taxes I had to pay. But at the end of the year, when I did my taxes, it turned out I had more than enough to pay off the rest of my debt. So I ended up paying off $36,000 of debt in two years all the debt that I kind of accured from school, college, and then building the business, I was able to pay that all off. So that's why I'm kind of taking a little step back, enjoy life with zero debt, not having to pay interest and stuff like that. There's a whole lot, a lot less stress on my shoulders. So
0: if you can have all that time, all that money, and that little bit of youth back, would you would you take it and be like, fuck it, let's just do something different? Hell no. Whoa.
2: All right, here, let me make it better for you. Fuck no! <laughs> it's like you know Not us a little bit. <laughs> I'm so happy right now. Like my life went from like even I'll say before college making $17 an hour working at Popeyes to now making $105, $105 an hour. When I was uh, before I went to college, I had to work at Everaz. I was doing 12-hour shifts, four days on, two days off, and I'd make about $336 in a 12-hour shift. Now I'm clearing $400 doing four and a half hours of work. So what did I? The tell lifestyle. You, what did I tell you? It's yeah, it's just. I'm so blessed. I love massage therapy. I love what the Listen industry has it. done for me. And then so for myself, what I want to do is elevate the opinion of massage. Uh, I know one of the things that really kind of pisses me off is whenever I tell people that I own a massage therapy business or that I'm a massage therapist. And I share a lot of people here. This is do you do happy endings? The reason why I kind of got into the assessment based massage therapy is um, one, I'm kind of sick and tired of hearing guys being like, oh, I want to go get a, a massage from a hot girl and stuff like that. And it doesn't really matter about the assessments. Like, that's their interpretation. And I know that's not everybody's. That's not everybody's. I know that. But there are some people that think like that. And then as well, um people that just don't think of massage therapists as, like, a, a very professional career, in a whole, uh, I wanted to try to bring more professionalism to the industry itself. so, for myself, i when I went back to the college and i 'm talking to these students i 'm telling them listen like this is what i 'm doing i 've had such great success with it i 'm changing people 's lives i 'm changing the interpretation of what massage is, and I see these students get so inspired. And it wasn't like that when I was in the college. Like, I didn't have a supervisor to, to to inspire me. I had to kind of make this up myself, the inspiration myself. I never had somebody to be like, this is the possibility that you can do. And this is how professional people can look at you as. And this is the type of money that you can make. And you can have happiness. All these things that I have, they're right there for you. You just have to take them. So I see these students so inspired and they really want to get out there and get into industry. So that makes me happy for something that I'm doing like that. And the next thing is just being able to employ people and being able to give what I got to other people and just so that they have somewhere to go when they're out of college, just so that they're not. One thing that I knew by talking to the college was that, When massage therapy, and correct me if I'm wrong, because like I said, I'm still green and I'm here just to learn everything. So I just kind of talk of of what I've heard and what I kind of think myself, but by no means of what I'm I'm saying is fact or anything. It's just my opinion. But when the industry first started like when massage therapy first started it's changed drastically throughout the years so when massage therapists 20-30 years ago were graduating there wasn't all of these assessments it wasn't as in depth with the pathology the physiology the kinesiology these things it was this general massage that kind of went out and then these massage therapists that left and went into the world they created these businesses off of it and these businesses became these multi-million dollar businesses so when massage therapists are going out into the industry these are the people that are kind of taking hold of a lot of the students and kind of uh, mentor or kind of molding them into the type of uh, therapist that they want. So it's kind of like they don't have the option. Like even for me, when I went into the industry, like I said, with the, with the place that I went and worked, there wasn't a single other therapist in that building that was doing assessment-based massage therapy and they all didn't know what it was and they didn't support it. So for me, I went into an industry where it's like I, I had to kind of, build, build up myself. Like there was no one there to build me up. Do you know what I mean? So I want to provide a place where people can get built up. And I'm talking strictly Saskatchewan, strictly Regina. You know what I mean? It might be well, different for you guys I mean, are
1: I mean, everywhere, y- there's this talk all the time about people who are saying, you know, they want to change the the view of the, pr- the profession. They want to move the profession forward. Um, while you were talking, I thought of two things. The first one, I got to say, just because I think it's amazing. You know, as you were talking, I kept saying to Mark, are you listening to him? Are you listening to him? On our way home this evening, when we were coming home to get ready to record with you, um, Mark and I were talking and I said, and we just had a really stressful few days. Like I'm talking, I last night I almost thought that Mark was just gonna throw in the towel and like quit his career altogether. It's been a really stressful few days, hard work. But I mean, we were driving home and I said to him, don't worry, we're going to talk to Dryden. He's literally the happiest person I've ever talked to in my entire life. So just oh, as you I'm were a happy
2: ta- dude lately, just too, as yeah. you were talking about how
1: like your life is exactly where you want it to be, I was like, see, yeah. see. I was like, Dryden's the happiest person I've ever talked to, so he'll put us in a better mood because we've just been in a shit mood because things oh, have man. been
2: and fucking you, crazy. Massage is a stressful job. You take on sometimes. I feel like when I have a client that comes in and say they have uh, signs and symptoms of carpal tunnel. At the end of the day, I feel like I have carpal funnel. People have migraines. It's like, I feel like I have the migraine. I feel like we, we suck out all of the discussion. I see you guys doing like one thing that I really wanted to start doing too, and maybe you can give me some advice on this afterwards. I want to create my own continued education course.
1: Yes, we can chat. But I, I, wanna, I want to read this to you before I forget. Yes, you were talking about you know people's view of the profession. We've talked about this over and over and over again on the podcast. And I have said before that I understand people's upset. I understand people's frustration when people, you know, you know, there's people who get offended when they're called masseuse. I'm like, okay, I get it. There's people that get offended, although, you know, we used to be called masseuse. So anyway, but... I understand it. I understand that, you know, people get offended, I guess, when people don't, the general public doesn't understand that we do have the knowledge that we do. You know, I, I've i said mm-hmm. this before on the podcast where I once had somebody say to me, when you were in massage school, did you even learn any anatomy? And this was a doctor, by the way. But, but the reason I always say I don't get offended. So the other day, one of my um, massage therapist friends made a Facebook post. She's a mobile therapist and she went to a client's house. And I don't know what it's like in Saskatchewan, but here in Ontario, our mask mandate has been lifted, but not for healthcare. So massage therapists, we are regulated here. We are considered healthcare. We still have to wear masks when we're treating and our, we're, our clients are expected to wear masks. So this therapist um, friend of mine, she's a mobile therapist. She showed up to her client's house wearing a mask. Her client's husband said to her, why are you still wearing a mask? I thought that was lifted. So she responded, well, not for medical services. And the client's husband said, while laughing, a masseuse, a medical service, well, that's a stretch. And so she was really upset about it. And I said, yeah. okay, I get it. And I just reminded her. And I so I commented on her Facebook post and I said, thankfully he's becoming the exception and not the rule most people understand the role and importance of rmts this is why we educate these clowns you know more about his body than he does i don't Mm -hmm. get offended when someone doesn't understand what i do because i know once they experience it for themselves they will have the pleasure of removing their own foot from their mouth
2: yeah and i I completely agree with you um and one thing when i'll say this too just because i had a thought and i didn't want to interrupt you again Whenever people call me a masseuse, since I'm French, I know that that's a female massage therapist in French and a masseur is a male massage therapist in French. So I use that, I use that as an educating point for them to say, Oh, I'm not a girl. And they go, what do you mean? Masseuse is a female massage therapist. I'm a masseur, but it's a lot easier just to call me a massage therapist. And I prefer (laughs) that. And they're like, Oh, okay. (laughs) And I think like one of the reasons why, and like it, I would say it's offense, but it's almost like a, How dare you take away all of the stress that I went through at college? We're one of the most tested curriculums in all of Saskatchewan. It's a four-year program condensed into two years. Pathology, physiology, like all those things that we do, you pull out your hair in college and no one... Think that even myself and every other student that's went to the college, they don't think it's as hard as, it, as as it's going to be until they're halfway through it, and they're like, "Oh my God, this is so hard! I thought it was just going to be generally misogyny people." So for them, when they say when they kind of spit on the, it's almost like them saying like stepping on the struggles that they went through. So it's 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 like they take it personally because of how hard it was to get there. But I don't ever think that it's actually the client or the person trying to offend. No, of course not. Because because we had no idea how hard it was going in. So why would I think that they would know? So I take it upon myself to say, like, I'm not offended that you don't know what it is, but I'm offended that massage therapists aren't taking it upon themselves to mass educate people on what it is. Because doctors are so... Respected, I have a a friend of mine. How you mentioned, like how doctors, they say, or he was a doctor whatever with anatomy and stuff. I have a friend who's a general practitioner. So when we went to school, we went to school. He was like obviously a couple of years ahead of me because he had to do like fourteen years of schooling to go uh, to to become a general practitioner. But I know for a fact that massage therapists know more about muscles than doctors. I know that for a fact because he went to school and he did about two, three months of anatomy and then they go straight to the pharmaceutical stuff and like stuff to save your life. Right. Well,
1: yeah, the, his, his job is to make sure that we don't die. Don't die. And yeah. our job yeah. Yeah. is to figure out what's causing your problems. Okay. So it's, yeah. it's a completely different, it's a different and there, role. And there was
2: like, and I remember like my friend, like, cause I would treat him. Right. And he would come in and there was a lot of times where he would like, tell me what to treat, tell me what to treat and because he was a doctor and I was just a massage therapist, green massage therapist, as you would say. I was nervous and I didn't want to kind of uh, combat him on that. Oh, this is what you want me to treat. You're the doctor. I'll treat it. But there was a point where his dysfunction wasn't going away. And I had to have the conversation with him. Listen can I just do what I do with every other client because I get such success with them and I never get success with you because I listen to what you want me to do. (laughs) So can I do what I I want to do? Can I do my assessments and can I actually be considered the professional? And he said, yes, I treated him. I fixed his dysfunction. And the next week he sent his girl, he sent his family members, all his friends, clients, every person he knew started booking in with me. So, it's like when you take control of your profession, when you take control of yourself and you say, No, I am a professional and this is what I learned and I'm going to show you what I learned, they'll respect you for that. And then the respect comes with money because money is when people book in with you, right? Every person that books in with you is like $500. You can get that money from them.
0: (laughs) It's an interesting conversation to have because I've noticed a trend and the trend being. Listen to the client, engage the client, make sure that they're involved, that type of that type of talk. Which
1: is how we started this conversation tonight. Interesting. <laughs>
0: yeah. And then you're coming out and saying, like, I'm a professional and this is what I think we need to do here.
1: That's why it it's is a really interesting. That's why it's it's supposed to be when we're talking about, you know, Dryden brought up a couple times, evidence-based. Evidence-based practice or evidence-informed practice, however you want to term it, takes into account all of these things. Like the evidence isn't just research. It isn't just your clinical experience. It isn't just your knowledge from school. It isn't just um, client um, the client's uh, information. Like it's all of these things together. Being a good practitioner is putting all of these things together. So yes, listening to your client's important, but sometimes more important is you listen to your client. Okay, Sure your feelings are valid. I acknowledge what you're saying. Mm -hmm. This isn't working. Mm -hmm. This is what I think. And, you know, like I said, I've always had a lot of success with that because I do show my clients care and I do listen to them, but I've built up this level of trust where I can say to them, this is what I think you need. Can we give this a shot? And nobody turns me down. They just say, yes. Yeah, sure. And you're not Go always right,
2: too. Like, one thing is, is, like, you're never always Well, I'm right. always like, right, Dryden. Right like, don't say that. You're Come always on. right, all the time. <laughs> no, but, like, what but what I mean is like, is, like, even when you do your assessments, like, I say to the clients, like, this is what I want to try. And if it doesn't work, the benefit is, is that we know that that's not the answer. Yes. And it may not work, but we're going to try. And what I want to do is I want to put you on a progressive treatment plan. So if you have a situation where... Progressive means that you're constantly not just doing the same thing expecting a different result. That's insanity. We want to try something different every single time if you're not getting it to the point where we can get the results from you. And then if we still can't get it, it's my job as a professional to refer you to someone who can. And
1: that is exactly where you should be at this moment in your Mm -hmm. career. Like I said when yeah. we talked before you said I kept calling you green you're not green anymore not what, anymore what comes after green what comes after green well I'll say I'll say this like <laughs> there's a
2: point like I heard somebody say this about massage therapists or any profession it's like a weird roller coaster so there's where you you start a profession you're fresh out of the gate you see early success so your ego rises all the way to the top so think about a roller coaster you're all the way at the top of the roller coaster okay and then as you start keep working and, you, and because you take it seriously, you start looking into things, you don't keep going up. The sad truth is you start going down. You start realizing, oh, I don't actually know as much as I thought I did. Oh, I'm not actually as good as this as I thought I was. And then you start looking to, oh, I actually need to relearn of this and I actually don't know this. And, you know, I've had a lot of clients where 90% of the time I can do the assessments that I do on a regular basis because a lot of people have the same dysfunctions. You, you know, know, you you know, don't know what part of the roller coaster but. I'm on right now?
1: I'm on, bottom. Of, I'm, on the, no, I'm on the part I'm on the I'm on the part of the answer. roller coaster where I'm slowly easing back into back up. and back yeah. no I'm not even going back up I'm going back into like the home base my hair's a mess and I'm like man that was fucking fun and i'm 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 done with trying to figure out everything because I've just accepted here's where I am, yeah, I'll keep learning, I'll keep taking courses and whatever, but I'm like, I like where I am right now, so I've come back into what is it called what is the what's the end of the ride called? That's where I am. My hair's a mess. I've had a great time.
2: It's it's hard to convince me to get back to grind get back to the <laughs> grind because I'm really, 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 really enjoying life right now. Like I have financial stability. I have mental stability. Like after we had our kid, I gained like I was up to two hundred, almost two hundred and twenty pounds and back down to like hundred and eighty. I'm going back to the gym again. Life is just amazing. And if anybody wants to get a massage, yeah, it's a good good job to get into. I wouldn't suggest starting a business unless you have a good support system. I couldn't have done it without my support system. It was really, really hard. I think
1: that's such a high note to end off on. So I'm going to ask you one last question before we finish off tonight, Dryden. We talked to you two years ago. You were... Building up this business, you were so excited I mean, you were equally happy two years ago, by the way. You can go back and listen to that episode. You were equally happy two years ago, but you were a different kind of happy. You were excited, you were looking forward. Now you have have moved ahead two years, you've gotten to that point, you know, the end of your five year plan, you're happy, you have a wife, you've got a family, you're looking to move into a bigger house. If I talk to you in two years, where are you gonna be? I'm going to have
2: four employees. I'm going to be looking at hopefully franchising, um, teaching at the college full-time, creating my own continued education points. Um, yeah, that'd be the biggest thing. That's um, one thing I'll talk on before we leave, uh, those are things that are very, very reachable though. Um, but one thing I'll talk about, the business that I started, it's called The Pay. Lepe, um, when I started it, the name that I made, it stands for peace in Michif. That's the primary Metis language in Saskatchewan. And I just did that to kind of honor my grandma.
1: I think you may have told us that in the last episode because as soon as you said Lepe tonight, well, I, I was I like, I remember name, that. Yeah. yeah. I remember the name from yeah. the first episode. Well, I'm super happy for you. And you did lift my spirits a little bit. Like I said, we were both in a bit of a crusty mood earlier because we've had a stressful day. And I was like, don't worry, we're talking to Dryden. He's the happiest person in Canada. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you. You <laughs> actually might have
2: that title. <laughs> the <laughs> happiest
1: <laughs> person in Canada. <laughs> I made a TikTok account. Hey, do you guys do TikTok? Um, I have TikTok only to like watch other people's
2: videos. I don't make oh any God. videos. So, I'll find that's you the on TikTok. Marketing that, that's the biggest marketing that I do. Like I get so many clients from tiktok i did a couple videos educational videos and one of them went to like seven million views on one of them so nice went up there so yeah that's good can i repost this on my tiktok account is that all right
1: of course of course yeah and then
2: is there any way you can send me the first one too absolutely we post both we post both those we'll talk after this and then and then two years from now april we'll have another one
1: all right Everyone listening, April 2024, we have a date with Dryden. We'll see if we're still recording in the bedroom or if uh, by then we're going to be, we might not have
2: to Let's be. Let's do it in person. Let's do it oh. in person. I'll take the drive down there. Do I'll it. I'll drive down and we'll do it in person.
1: Do it. Come to Toronto. That's what we'll do. All right, well, thank you so much for hanging out with us again and giving us an update on your life and your business, and we can't wait to hear what's going on in 2024.
0: I appreciate the opportunity, guys. Right on. You guys have listening to Two Massage Therapists and a Microphone. Peace.